Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. You still with your coffee? You want some coffee? Something good for ya. All right, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast early in the morning for us, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me, as always, we've got the Captain Nun. What's up, y'all? And with us this week, we have Brad Smith, the rock father himself. Hey guys, how's hey it man. Going? And Christian is sitting here beside me playing solitaire, and Hello world. and Mikey's <laughs> over there doing dishes, and so is Amy. It's the morning after over here at the rim. It's a breakfast podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm on NPR right now. <laughs> yeah, who knows? This episode may have a couple different parts to it. Uh, we might do just a short little segment here. We might do a little bit more in the car. We might do one at home. Don't know. This is going to be a interesting episode. <laughs> I think so. Because we've wanted to do a couple of like the little traveling ones, but it's like the car. Anytime we've wanted to do the car one, because we were thinking about doing that with uh, Superjet. Right. But would that be just an editing nightmare, too, as far as drowning out all the wind and like car noise and all that, too? Essentially, yeah. But but that also falls under the category of it wouldn't really be an editing nightmare because I wouldn't be editing that. I would not be editing that shit out. It'd be... It's either it's there fine, or it's not. It's either there and it sounds okay or... <laughs> It's one of those deals where like, listeners would just have to deal with it. Yeah, essentially, or just the episode wouldn't come out. <laughs> and now we've got Mikey with us. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> well, we didn't do it the last few times, but we do like making it a tradition to at least do a little round table the morning after we play a show. Uh, we finished playing up with uh, Betrayed by the Bullet and Fast Eddie. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Fast Eddie is that was my first time listening to them that was that was a great a great set from them oh yeah no that's what i was even telling them is like that that is one of the bands that now i add to the list of uh they're great recorded but live i think they're even better how y'all like the uh two band um and a local opener setup as opposed to what we have been doing with the uh three or four bands chris Wait, what's that? Oh, I was talking about like the lineup. This is the first time we've done like uh, two uh, full bands with an acoustic act. How do y'all like that? Yeah, so pace? so oh. so like, like so like on traditionally a show, you know, you'll have like three or four, you know, full electric bands kind of mm-hmm. playing. Last night uh, we had Betrayed by the Bullet doing a uh, special acoustic set, and then we hopped up and we played for what what maybe forty five minutes. Yeah, and then Fast Eddie did about the same. Yeah, yeah. So um, kind of comparing that to the traditional three or four band bill where everyone gets like thirty to forty five minutes. This one, we started a little later, but then it's like music. Live bands, I felt like we're finished by maybe about 12, 12.30, but then everyone stayed up till like 3.34. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's something I appreciate about house shows and stuff. You know, it's never like a super strict, like set times. You got to finish here. Like yeah. you can play whatever you want, how long you want, and everybody's fine. Um, it, having the acoustic opener is a nice touch. I feel like... You know, when you when you go to shows and it's just four or five full bands, I mean, that's cool. But at the same time, it's like... That can get exhausting, though. Yeah. So I, I like 
bills like this where you've got acoustic acts. I, I like diverse bills where you see like solo acts going on with full bands and stuff. It, it, it makes the night we, more entertaining. We kind of did that the last couple of times we played at Tommy's too with an acoustic act and then uh, full yep. bands would play afterwards. And Yeah, we did actually, now that I'm thinking on it. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like um, overall you're able to kind of keep the audience a bit more because even me being in the audience, it's the band that I really want to see is headlining, mm. and I know they're not going on until 1230. It's like, whew, even on a Friday, this is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's one of the things I've always actually enjoyed about over here is you, you keep things on a tight fucking leash. Well, and that's, I've, I've tried figuring that out. Uh, I guess it's a bit unique for me because of the closeness of everything. I can kind of uh, gauge the crowd. Mm. And yeah, I have ballooned up to four and five bands on shows and... You could just see the exhaustion set in on your crowd. Even with the festival uh, date that y'all had with uh, Boba Flex? Um, that one, not so much. We 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 actually set up two stages. and Right, and that makes, to, paces everything nicely. Yeah, um, um, that one, not so much. But m- most of the time, I do see, even just with the three full bands, mm-hmm. um, if the sets go too long, it, I mean, you see that fatigue setting in. Um and uh, Betrayed by the Bullet happened to be um, the very first band to ever play at the Rim. Uh, they were the first, uh, they were the opener on my very first show. And uh, they are re- reforming, and they happen to not have a bassist or a drummer yet. So uh, they wanted to get, uh, kind of get their teeth back into it a little bit. So we, we jumped on that, and it seemed to work. I, I, I thought, thought they did a great job. Yeah. I thought it sounded really good. Way talented, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Their guitarist, what was his name? Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was amazing. Yeah. He, he looks just like another kid I know named Brandon. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so that was easy to remember. <laughs> <coughs> well, what are we going to go through, man? Uh, we want to talk about the show. We want to talk general business. What do we want to do here? I like having the little freeform episodes where you don't have too much planned ahead of time. Right. <laughs> I had a friend of mine uh, send me a text the other day about, uh, I think, uh, something we could uh, bullshit on for a little bit. All right. It's kind of a dumb question, but it's going to be kind of fun, too. Let me see. Uh, this comes from my friend uh, Jordan Turnage. And uh, he said, oh, where is it? Let me scoot back up. We were talking about Ginger Baker and how insane that documentary is. Uh, all right. If you guys could be in any 80s hair metal band, which band would it be and what would you play? 80s hair metal band. Okay. Hmm. Mikey, you want to go first on that one? He's contemplating. You know how Mikey's get. Yeah. He's thinking. He, so, sometimes he just takes a second now. So, all right. He said, what band would you be in? What, what band would you want to be in? What would you play? For the hair metal band. Talking to the mic. Does that mean I become the person that I'm taking their place? Oh, like be actually, yeah. be actually CC DeVille? No, like what would you play? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you play this game. I'll just say, I Cap, got if you touch this microphone one more time, I'm beating your ass. <laughs> I got my answer already. <laughs> I've removed this microphone three fucking times. Your hand. I am still doing semi mic check because we want we've got more people here. So stop touching the fucking thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the only '80s hair metal band that I immediately think of when people say that kind of stuff is Poison. That's what I was thinking. I was like, but fuck poison. 
Yeah, fuck poison half the time. I was thinking of like along the lines like even like wasp or fucking uh, uh, hell. I'll put Motley Crue and Guns and Roses in that uh, mm. umbrella. I, I, was, I was saying uh, like thinking Motley Crue. I, I'd I'd probably do drums for Motley Crue. Drums and Motley Crue would be objectively kind of fun. Hmm. Those are big shoes guitar. to fill, though. I play guitar in White Snake. Ooh. A lot of White Snake. I just like their guitar work. Okay. And got a lot of fun leads. I had a, a lot of heavy would, hitters. I'd have over to the say uh, some member of Quiet Riot, mainly because they did so many of the. Um, they did a lot of covers of yeah, Slade they did, anyway. Yeah, they did a lot of Slade covers. <laughs> so it's like to be able to play a lot of Slade, I, that would be tolerable. So I, I'd pick uh, them. I don't know. I kind of want to play guitar in Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a testament. Be, <laughs> that's not hair metal. That's like pretty. That's pretty thrashy though. Pretty thrashy. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Wasp. That's the thing about Wasp. But they kind of like did that uh, borderline thrash thing too. It'd be kind of fun to play guitar too. Yeah. That and I just want to see what that stage show is like with all the raw meat and all that horse shit. Christian, <laughs> do you have one you could pull from that, or because I know that's not really your thing at all. So. What's that? The hair metal. Yeah. Uh, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Would you, who would you front? Well, the, I guess I'm having trouble defining hair metal. Because Just like any and obscure that, that, like that, Cinderella uh, bullshit or anything like that, too. Well, you know, obviously for me, I would like to be a member of uh, Circus of Power, but I really don't want to say those guys were hair metal. Um so it could be just like any hair metal band that you hate but looks fun to watch. <laughs> well, actually, there's there's one, there's one I don't hate. Uh, uh, Kicks, I think it'd have been. Kicks uh, gets a lot of love around the Carolinas. Yeah, they uh, just one uh, badass, hardworking band. I mean, they I were know, known, they're still touring. Their live shows a good were, chunk of their original members, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what would I play? You vocalize, man. I can't can't sing for Steve. Steve's too good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd play bass because they uh, they cycled through basses, so mm-hmm. that would be the spot that would have been open. So that's the one I'd have took. Actually, that that actually makes me think. Have you do you play or have you played any instruments? No. I bet you could play bass. Maybe anyone can play bass. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's it's not what I meant. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. I'd like to retract my answer. I would play guitar in the Scorpions. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay, there we yeah, go. nice. That's hair metal, right? Um, yeah, I, I border, say... borderline. They play the same audiences. Yeah. <laughs> so why why would change it to the Scorpions though? Because their guitar stuff is better. <laughs> Just play bass in any hair metal band because it's nothing but uh, eighth notes. <laughs> Open E the entire time. It'd be so fun and easy. No, I'd actually like to see you try to play bass some. I think I think yeah, that'd be something you could actually latch onto, Brad. I know a guy. Maybe get a lesson from. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I'll just show you eighth notes. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted to learn, isn't it? I'll hook you up with. Uh, oh man, who plays drums and Mama Tequila? I'm blanking on him. Andy. 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 Yeah, hook you up with Andy and have you be in the pocket. Yeah, I, I get right in the pocket. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, Christian, have him yell at you to stay in the you pocket. You were definitely in the pocket last night. Yeah, I, I so I was told. <laughs> I feel bad, Andy, if you're listening. Andy knows what's up. <laughs> and, and so Andy's the guy who was telling me. Yes. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, he he was a cool dude. I appreciate the fact that he um, you know, he's very vocal about what he sees in artists, and thankfully, I didn't receive any uh, harsh criticism. Like I did I've seen him give but, it. Uh, 
But, um, Y'all should have been around the fire at fucking 3.30 this morning when he was being all <laughs> sentimental and talking about how Freebird was written. What? <laughs> what? I missed that yeah. one. He let us know that uh, what two of them were on a fishing trip. On a fishing and boat and saw a bird. <laughs> going down this hole. With Man, it was I hope so you guys prolific. can appreciate it. It was me and the... <laughs> Me and the rest of the guys. In like he wrote like the Leonard Skinner Freebird. <laughs> yeah, uh, he um, he informed me as I began to give him hell about it that uh, it was a true story, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is real. <laughs> you know when you get free like a bird. <laughs> no, and, and that's just one of the other great things I love about the rooms. Like even after the show's over, the show's not over. Right. <laughs> Sometimes the show begins after the band's finished playing. And after the show was over, I got I, I proceeded to continue drinking and <laughs> fell asleep in a recliner watching the guys in Fast Eddie do karaoke. So wearing masks. <laughs> wearing masks. Yeah. And those guys were a lot of fun. Um, cause a handful of them they were, they were hanging out during a down south showdown. But um Hell, I think ours is passed out on the other side of this wall right now on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and and being able to just really hang out with them, you know, this last weekend and everything is a whole lot of fun. I really hope we'd be able to do some more stuff here in the future. Yeah, um, I missed out on the shenanigans uh afterwards. I, I crashed at like two o'clock. Much alcohol was consumed. Oh, I know. That's why I had to, I had to go hide. Bottles were being passed. So we got to go back to Charlotte later on. <laughs> I honestly feel like we accidentally bring out the worst in y'all because I've been up here now to a few shows where we didn't play. And it can be kind of tame, but it feels like every time we wind up playing, I see that big old goofy grin come across your face as you're pulling out liquor from the freezer. <laughs> I say, last night was the first time I've never had a fellow bandmate pour liquor into my mouth oh, yeah. while I was keeping it. <laughs> so, I want that to become a thing. Uh, tell Mikey that that's, that's something we got to do. And you gotta, drinking again. That's part of the experience. So. And you yeah. got to keep the shot glass suspenders. Yeah, yeah. So, so during drinking again, Mikey busts out these shot glass suspenders and like starts passing out shots and everything. That was actually a pretty cool little move. I like that. Well, we had them on the whole set. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, it's like he kept telling me, he's like, it's for drinking again it's for drinking again i'm like but what are you what are you doing because it's just just it's, 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 and then we just walk away he like would never answer just roll with it i didn't know i was i'll figure it out <laughs> that's not the first time though you've actually given drummers drinks before you've, you've done that a few times would Jared just get drunk uh, behind the kit? Oh yeah, with Jared, and everything. Me and Jared would do that shit. Uh -huh. too. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's like, I like boozing up our drummers. <laughs> Mikey, I thought what we had was special. I'm man. sorry, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not my first. <laughs> you were mine. <laughs> That's why it was special to me. <laughs> Don't get sentimentally attached to the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it, I don't know. It, it just feels kind of cool, though, because we, we've been working to kind of get, you know, the record released and, you know, practices and all that stuff set up. And it's like, especially after last night, I have no problem saying I feel like it was one of our best shows that we played in a couple of years. Definitely you guys sounded great. I mean, you did 
It, like, like it, it, it just felt set. like it. It was the spirits were good last night. Everyone was just in a good frame of mind. It was just, it was a good set all around. Fast Eddie killed it. Betrayed by the Pulley killed it. And very rarely do I sit here and go, "We did a good job." But yeah. seriously, y'all, y'all, y'all did a damn good job. Well, <laughs> we learned I mean, our shit. I've I've noticed like specifically in the four months that I've been playing with you guys that it's like the sets continue to get better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went. About a month from the practice at Cap's old place to last week in yeah. the in the like new storage unit. Yeah, yeah, um, with like no practices in between. And it's like we went in there and everything just felt nice. Like we knocked out the songs. I was like, I feel good about this set. And it, I, I mean, I got off stage. I was like, I, I fucking ripped that. Set. <laughs> <laughs> was, oh hell! And even at practice, that's when we busted out traveling band because I was just kind of playing the riff, and you're like, I love CCR. <laughs> Dude, like, well, that's the thing. There's not a lot of bands that we both like thoroughly I know. enjoy. And when you pulled out CCR, I was like, Shit, you lit now the fuck up too. <laughs> and now I'm just like, ooh, yay! So this is the kind of stuff he likes because I can totally work with that. Yeah, I'm just like, cool. So this is the stuff I'm gonna slowly ingrain him with. <laughs> I'm gonna just like start with that and be like, oh, if you like CCR, you might like this, and just slowly start pulling you yeah. into the dark side. I mean, it, <laughs> did we ever play that with any other drummer outside of Matt until uh, right now? Uh, no. Before Matt, uh, I played it with Chris Engler, who did the skull artwork on uh, our new record. Gotcha. Uh, he played drums with us for a hot minute. And uh, he did the skull artwork, and we played it in the lineup with him, and we also had a female bassist, Shay. Um, and we did it a few times then. And then when we swapped over, we did it a handful more times with Mikey and Cap and Matt. Right. No, I don't think we ever did it with uh, Adam. I don't think so either. So. No, because even no midway through playing it with Matt, we even stopped. Right. Yeah. It was on the album and everything, we, but yeah, for some we reason we just quit playing it was on Hipster Killers. Oh, yeah. I, for some reason, I was still thinking Surfing Bird. Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on Hipster Killers. But yeah, midway through uh, Matt's time. Actually, about midway through Fifth Time's The Charm, when we started playing that out, we kind of dropped it. I think so, because we had more Enough originals songs. to go by. Yeah, <laughs> really. We could fill up a set. Surfing Bird was a good three to four minute filler. <laughs> yeah, Make that really. middle part the last as long as you fucking want. <laughs> well, like we were talking about earlier, that always went over really well. Oh, yeah, it did, because everyone fucking knows that song. Right, and it's only, like, one uh, lyric in the whole damn thing. Yeah, basically. It was really easy for drunk Alex to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's heard about the bird. The only thing that has to remain consistent on that song is just a drummer. Yeah, and open A, and then an E, D, A. (laughs) It was great for a terrible bass player like me at the time. (laughs) You weren't a terrible bass player, though. I was pretty one-dimensional. I was still learning. But I mean, you you did the job. <laughs> That's all, you just needed that one note. <laughs> no, I like playing traveling band a lot now with this lineup. Well, like I said, especially now knowing you like CCR, we were talking earlier. I think there's a new one we're going to wind up doing instead. I think that's going to be really fun. <laughs> no, we do uh, creating songs in the country says now too. Do you? Yeah, we do uh, kind of do Proud Mary into uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine. I'd love to hear Kelsey do that. She nails it. Because I can imagine the Heard It Through the Grapevine, but... Um, uh, Proud of Mary, yeah. especially with the Tina Turner delivery uh-huh, and all that, too. And that's why I'm really curious on that one. That'd be cool. I used to play all those songs in like cover bands in Knoxville, too, so it's just kind of nice to pull that out of the, little, out of the memory <laughs> bank. 
muscle memory just kicks in. Well, Brad, I do know that uh, Fast Eddie was one of the the bucket list bands that you wanted to absolutely get yeah. on here. How how many more are left that you feel would be achievable, or is that one that's like constantly updating? <laughs> uh, you know, it does kind of constantly update for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always got four to five that I really want to get here. Mm. Um, Criminal Kids, that one's going to eventually happen. Uh, uh, Ryan's been uh, doing everything he can, and. Uh, Getting a lot uh, more uh, Chicago acts. Yeah, yeah. Chicago. Um, some great, uh, great music coming out of Chicago right now. It feels like all um, of a sudden Chicago has like come on our radar. I know, right? Over like the past year. And I was, and was talking with the guys in Fast Eddie uh, last night. There's a lot of activity in uh, Denver right now mm-hmm. with a uh, little rock and roll community of bands. Yep. Well, that's uh, yeah. I told them uh, how much I love to you know experience new bands, especially. You know, from the the genre that I tend to like, and mm-hmm. I basically told him, I said, "Yeah, surprise me, bring somebody." <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple of the shows that we've taken uh, over the years um, that we took on short notice to help help somebody out, or mm-hmm. have we've had some amazing uh, surprises. Um, the Bitch Queens were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they, they just put, put some new music yeah, too. They just put their new LP out. Um, uh, band uh, called uh, Black Cat Attack out of uh, Canada. Them, yeah. They uh, they blew us away. I mean, it's and we basically knew maybe two days ahead. You know, it's like oh, they need a place uh, to play. Cool. Yep. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely have. Uh, <laughs> the, the one uh, wildlife uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's your white whale isn't I, yeah it? I think uh, you know so what uh, happens when that show does get booked because it will what happens after it gets booked and that show happens uh, first you're going to call us I'm just kidding <laughs> no, well, I said after the show's done <laughs> after the show's done um, we, we do it again because <laughs> I'm sitting here going I'm like because as, for as long as I've known you that's been like one of the number one bands you always wanted to get in here was Wildlife and, and so was Biters so it's like you got yeah, Biters yeah. and then it was like still gotta get Wildlife still gotta get Wildlife got Ravagers in here oh, still yeah. gotta get Wildlife so it's like once you finally get that I'm concerned to ask you what's next because you're, you're just gonna be like the Rolling oh. Stones <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hear kisses on the tour. <laughs> They'll play in front of anybody and anything like sharks. Well, just a few weeks ago, we hung out together and the super suckers were killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we briefly <laughs> talked about that show. It still geeks me out how we probably could have gotten in there for free. Yeah, um, right. That's I've, I've still got my unused ticket. Yeah, they did, they did not look. Do I still have mine? <laughs> <laughs> it might still be in your wallet. I think so, actually. As he's checking. I'm actually checking it. That is a lot Dude, of you shit. I, in your I totally do. Oh yeah, my wallet is garbage. Right. Yep, he still had it though. Uh-huh. Do you not get back pain sitting on that thing? No. You're gonna throw your spine it's out the, of alignment. It's the George Costanza wallet where it's just like all business cards and like no cash. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, don't get the wrong idea what you, Mikey was saying. It's not a mess with a bunch of ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not a bunch of ones and fives just poking out of this thing. The ones ain't making that kind of <laughs> dough yet. <laughs> no, I don't know, because we, we were talked about that. I don't, I don't think they would be that unachievable. And I think uh, Hangman would still be achievable, too. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, 
Jimmy uh, in, from The Hangman, he's uh, also in Junkyard, and mm. they were here. I was going to say Junkyard. So probably Jimmy, the... Jimmy knows the deal. Um, you know, they're a West Coast band, so timing's got to hit. They got to be coming this way. But, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely achievable. Junkyard's kind of like the uh, most uh, famous group y'all had through so far, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I'd say them and Biters. And Biters, yeah. Because yeah. it's like because even though Junkyard, you know, definitely had their time in the sun, Biters. I feel, and this is no slight on Junkyard, were more relevant at the time when they played the rim. Right. right. Yeah, I mean... That Junkyard really, is pulling from the, hey, look at us, we're still here kind of thing. It's a legacy Biters, act. Yeah, Biters was pulling from the, we are here thing. So yeah, I would say yeah. those are probably, at least in my eyes, Makes being sense. Yeah. more ignorant. I think those were probably your two biggers. Yeah. Unless you've got one that you think otherwise. No, I, I think that's... Uh, you know, Boba Flex, uh, Boba they, Flex they've been here yeah. big national, uh, yeah. three times uh, at this point. And uh, they always... Roy Kelly. Yeah, Rory, is, um, he's been here numerous times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Boba Flex, they've been my biggest crowd. Um, they hold the top three spots. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the Biters show and then probably Junkyard. Mm-hmm. Right um, on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just... All these bands are still releasing some phenomenal music. The the new Junkyard stuff that they released about a year and a half, two years ago at this point was yeah, yeah. was some of their best material, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, so I mean, it's it's cool. Um, but yeah, I I would I would say at the time it was probably Biters. Yeah. Um, I still hate I couldn't make it up to that show. Uh, that was, yeah, and you know that's um, I don't know. I'm always weighing out the options uh-huh. and trying to figure out you know gonna try to get a solo band up here at some point well yeah i've talked to tuck um i i need to send some information out to his uh, uh booking agent his and, people has his, his people <laughs> talk to your people <laughs> and see you know what what uh, the options may be but so they just um, like scattered dates here and there yeah yeah where is but he I, based out of now is he back in georgia i think he's back yeah. in georgia yeah and they'll just book shows here and there and that's it it's just like it was always hard to tell if he was in la tennessee or georgia i think we did a lot of the recording of the solo record in like multiple places well yeah but i i want to know who's putting it out i haven't heard anything about that at all if he's just doing it himself i wouldn't be surprised if it was self-released especially with all the shit they went through with earache yeah yeah. He's probably feeling pretty burned about any sort of distribution thing. And I don't blame he's probably him. taking it from the mind frame, you know, we are, which is either A, find a little indie label to help you, you know, do promotion, or B, just release it your fucking self. And especially for someone like him, he has some clout already. He, right, he's, he's, got not, the, he's not a no name like us. You know, people know who Tuck Smith is. So. He's in the industry. Exactly. Quote so, unquote. so I feel that he's Tuck's at a place now where he can just release his own music and he doesn't have to have any sort of extra backing. Or when it does get to the time he gets extra backing, it's one hundred percent on his terms. Mm-hmm. I Sounds feel like nice. I feel like Eric <laughs> may have been a little bit of a this is our chance, let's do it. Where now he's like, I'm going to take the time and they can come to me. And it's good to know about what the label does and everything too and what the the uh, shortcuts will be and what the, uh, the bad stuff they do is. Well, I mean, even coming from us, I mean, it's like, yes, we do have Hobo Wolfman, you know, on our team, but it's like, they're... You know, they're really there to help us, you know, push and promote, you know, and just an extra outlet, you know. We, of course, want to be part of a roster of, you know, some really cool bands. So, you know, that that's what's helpful for us. If we were going into it in the mind frame of we're doing this 
to sell a shit ton more records and immediately get popular, then yeah. For like distribution purposes and their hookups with like journalists and stuff like that. There would be no difference between us doing it and us pairing with anyone else. Exactly. You know, so it's like <clears throat> a no name like us, we, we could benefit from having, you know, something like that, but nah, I think I think he's gonna be just fine. But I'm excited to hear when when it's coming out. There's some clips online of him uh, playing some of the uh, new material with like uh, on phone cameras and stuff like that. But mm. from what I can tell, it sounds really good. Yeah, and the few Instagram clips. It's a little different from the biters, but it's also kind of falling in that kind of style that I've been really digging on. So. Same here. What are y'all excited about? Any new uh, music that y'all know that's coming out? That y'all are fired up about? Yes. Uh, there is a band from Rhode Island called Peaked, and they're kind of like emo alternative rock. Home mm-hmm. for the Day played a house show with them back in December. Um, and they just announced last week that they're recording a new four-song EP. So I'm excited to hear that. Good nice. deal. I want to say I was thinking on one because I know there's a bunch of new stuff coming. There's a bunch of stuff that just came out. Like uh, Trash Room just released a new record. Um, it sounds really good, too. It, it does. So, no, I, I know that there's a bunch of stuff coming up, but I, I won't be able to immediately put my finger on it. This year has just been a good year for music. It's just been really it consistent. Really mm-hmm. yeah. Is there anything else coming around the bend for you, Brad? Um, as far as music that music, you're looking forward to? Well, I've got to get caught up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like we were saying, uh, there's a lot. <laughs> well, Wild, Wildlife just released a new single. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we listened I've, to that on the way up. It's really good. I got... Uh, the bitch queen's vinyl and i haven't really given that the proper spin yet mm-hmm. so i've got to got to get on that um uh, you mentioned the hangman i'm trying to catch up a little bit on their catalog because Same they here. were not on my radar but after i saw them they're definitely there they were phenomenal oh, yeah. uh, no and what i was telling cap is like hangman's always kind of been in the back of my mind because that I mean super suckers and them mm-hmm. have been friends for so long i just being yeah. a fan of super suckers i'd hear the name Listen to one or two songs, just never fell into it. But again, exactly what you said after that show, it was like, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> what I've known about this for ten years and never listened to them. <laughs> That's cool. I just kind of go back and forth on those first two records with the uh, Hangman these days. Do you? Yeah. Mike, is there any new music coming out you're looking forward to? Um, so my finger hasn't been on the pulse either. <laughs> and firmly up. placed right up the right asshole. Up the asshole. <laughs> hey, you want some chocolate-covered pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been really digging the new Airborne tracks they've been putting yeah. out. Those are pretty, pretty rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yes. That's been on rotation this weekend, pretty much. On rotation, Heck, make it sound like that's all we listen to on the ride. I've heard it like like five times this weekend. I love it. I was, I was gonna say I've only played it once. I was just like on the playlist downstairs and uh, up here in the kitchen and stuff it. too. Yeah. And well, um, Raina re-entered the room and uh, she's sporting uh, the American Goon shirt that we got I with uh, name tag. with their new uh, <laughs> with their new uh, album release. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Dover Jr. played guitar on that. Oh, um, nice. And I've got the, the vinyl, and that's another one that... Now that this show is over, <laughs> uh, I'll turn my attention to checking out some of the new music that I've acquired here lately. And that's that's definitely one that I'm looking forward to. Um, the drummer uh, of Blackfoot Gypsies. I just uh, saw them not too long ago. He's the front man uh, in American Goon. Oh, uh, okay. Is his name uh, Zach? Yeah, Zach. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, he plays guitar and sings in American Goon. Uh, Ricky Dover's in on the band and uh, two others. And we've been talking about potentially trying to get either of those bands up here. At some I was point. say y'all could probably get Blackfoot Gypsies up here. Yeah, they're going to be nearby in about a week. Uh, they put so, on a hell of a show too. Yeah, yeah they're. Or just call them what Evening Muse. Evening Muse in Charlotte, yeah. It's like they tour as a three piece, and all the guitar tones are like blared, like really loud too. Just as a result, and it's fun as hell to watch. Yeah, yeah. So. It's funny playing, uh, especially doing like super jet shows and then fill in shows. So many of those back to back. I'm quickly realizing just how much louder we are compared to other bands. Oh, I know, it, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's because all like, our drummers hit really hard. Well, it's because I was watching video from like the uh, the Superjet show, and it's like uh, the Milkweed videos, you know, had a certain tone to it and everything, and then it's like Superjet, and then it was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I will say, last night, I, and it may have been where I was, I was pretty pretty far gone on alcohol. <laughs> the first two songs, I kept like during certain parts, like where I wanted to hit harder. I was doing like full drawbacks to hit the snare, and I was hitting the fucking ceiling tiles. Oh, yeah. I was like, D -d -d I need like three inches more. Oh, no, <laughs> I do that with the bass or whatever because you want to do like have fun, you know, just kind of ham it up well, Brad, with the guitars. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, how many holes do you have to have in that ceiling before you finally do something about it for all these bands that keep messing up your ceiling? Lift it already. God, it's a cheap thing to do. <laughs> Expect that done next time we're here. <laughs> we just all yeah, signed the holes and stuff too. Yeah, we've done that. Like, like if you look up there, uh, uh -huh. there's a bunch of different holes, and like I've got what I signed one because I just put the guitar up in and just started messing it up. <laughs> signed it. Tony, I think, like put a beer bottle up it or something. Well, yeah. shit, that's why your air conditioner broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you always have an air conditioning problem. People are fucking with your roof. <laughs> yeah, I think we've had. Uh, but Jimmy from Boba Flex, he put his through the through the fast. Ceiling. Daddy was tearing it up uh, last night too. <laughs> Tuck, Tuck ran his fist through, uh, and uh, I think Dixie Carl may have stuck a drumstick or two uh, through back. Uh, I've definitely hit. bumped it a bunch. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen Cap hit it several times. <laughs> Alex's is the one that's front and center. I think. <laughs> well, it's because I just looked straight up and I just shoved my guitar right into it. It's like screw it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> right. Well, it was our first show or second show. It was first or second. Yeah, it was early on. It was whenever you were just like, if you want to put a hole in here, someone else already did. I was like, okay, just, <laughs> just fucking destroy this basement. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Get, anyone gives me a green light to destroy something, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hell, I keep a box cutter in my stick bag. I'm just gonna go carve my name. <laughs> I think that's been done too. I think Dixie oh. might have done that. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Well, I, uh, no, I, I did have one guy offer to pay for the towel. Really? Uh, Mid-set, as soon as Tuck ran his fist through it, he looked at me and said, I'll pay for that. <laughs> uh, I said, just sign it. Uh -huh. So I, I'm thinking, um, you know, if the album really takes off for Tuck, mm -hmm. having a signed piece of ceiling tile would probably be a little more worth the ceiling, the, oh, yeah. the ceiling tile. Put that in the frame. <laughs> Got that hanging up on the wall now. <laughs> We frame our destruction. <laughs> oh, we got pieces of like uh, Tremont that are like that with like bricks and doors mm -hmm. and yeah, shit like that. You've yeah. got a brick in your living room, don't you? Yep, I've got a brick. Cap's got a brick. And uh, I've also got a piece of the uh, carpet, too. Okay. And a door, right? Yeah, I've got the door, too. 
Got enough of Tremont to rebuild it. I got some carpet. Yeah, I got no two. Shit. I got carpet, two bricks, and a door. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. Bring it's back a good starting point. God, I miss that place. I only got to go to like three or four shows there, Vision. and it closed down. Maybe like it wasn't two. closed down. It was stolen. It was taken away <laughs> stolen from us. Away from us. <laughs> it, it went away like, two months after I started playing shows. Wow, like, damn! Dude. I, I hadn't even played my first show in North Carolina when they shut it down. So really? that was upsetting. I never got to play there. Wow. Was, Brad, did you ever wind up going to any shows there? Because I know you went down no. to go to like Amos's a good bit. No, I didn't make any there. Yeah, it was like the first venue I ever went to when I moved to Charlotte. Yep. And I met the fill-ins. <laughs> that was that Wednesday 13 show. What up, Wednesday 13? Have you heard, hey, uh, have you heard the new stuff off of his record? I've not listened to it yet, but I know oh, that uh, yeah. Jeff has a... Jeff Clayton, Clayton's got a He's got a little spoken on word it. piece on it. And he plays the devil in our new song. And he did a thing with... Um, um, Hembers, um, uh, God, his name's escaping me right now. It, his band name ends with Sisters. Uh, but yeah... Uh, Come on, what is it? He's that? been doing a lot. I know it. He's been you doing a too. lot of work, though. So. He's fucking have his next day. Clayton does a lot of yeah. work with that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, he's about to have a, another one coming out, too, that uh, all the little classic punk fans will like, so that, that'll be fun. <laughs> he's always got, like, two or three releases up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else we want to go through, Brad? What's, what's coming up next for you? Uh, we're doing a Halloween show two weeks from tonight. Okay, so a week uh, from today. tonight when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are y'all um, booking through the holidays, or are y'all taking those uh, off? We're going to try to slow things up. You know, I, I'm constantly trying you to... you always say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is my plan to have... Um, I've got Black River Rebels coming um, uh, the 26th. Um, we've got a, uh, a group of local guys that... Uh, have been working on uh, doing some covers, and I think they're going to uh, to join us on that show. We're going to keep that one a little smaller. Nice. Um, and then I've got uh, Seven Year Witch coming late November. Nice. And that's all I've got on the books right now. Okay. Um, I don't intend to do anything before New Year's mm-hmm. beyond that. Um, you know, unless you've worked a lot this year. And if wildlife calls and says, "Yeah, we, we we're, we're gonna do this show next week," you know, we'll add yeah, one. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, but we were talking earlier about you know set lengths and and you know tiring out your crowd. But um, you know, I'm I'm constantly trying to figure out: Do I do? shows too frequent do i do them not frequent enough right do i wear out my crowd if i've got you know three full sets is it best with two uh, and you've done it, so many shows this year with uh, so many examples that you can pull from for uh yeah i've had a, a real wide variety of, mm-hmm. of things this year um we had we did have five bands on one card went well we were able to do a second stage um, but uh, well, I mean, hell, our first show with you guys, you did a test run for a different kind of set. There were only two bands that played when we played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first time here, we were the headliner. That wasn't by choice either. <laughs> did you say you did two stages here? Yeah, um, the band Red Sun out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically travel with everything, and uh, we we ate in the garage like mm-hmm. we always do for the bands and tore down as soon as we ate 
and they basically set a second stage up oh. in the garage. Wow. So, <laughs> uh, and, and while you mention eating in the garage, I just want to say thank you so much for the food. <laughs> Everything was delicious. Uh, I, I really appreciate like like all the hospitality we've received here. This is one of the most well-run house venues I've ever been to. <laughs> and and we, that's what we kept trying to explain is like the entire ride up, I just kept saying, I'm like, I love the first trips to the room. It's like you can never explain it to anyone. They never get it until they're actually here. All they hear is, we're going to play this house in the middle of West Virginia, and when you're about two miles away, you're going to feel like you made the wrong turn. Yeah. <laughs> but it still feels like a legit venue. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, and I know that every single time, everyone's just like, this is the dumbest shit. I don't know why we're driving so fucking far for this stupid-ass thing. And then they get here, and they're like, oh, this is why. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were tying, tying it all to the horror movies last night. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, you you get to that last turn, uh, back a dirt road, so you've taken the wrong turn, and it's the last house on the left. Yep. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, Alex said that. I looked at him. I was like, why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> you will never escape. But no, instead you come here, we got a decent-sized venue, and you blow some shit up. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the realm. <laughs> Do some shit up, all right. It's like the... the Best way I can think of this is um, the Greensboro scene used to have uh, a house venue on the edge of UNCG's campus, and it was run by um, Cheston Harris uh, mm -hmm. from Corporate Fandango, and he would let the touring bands come in, stay with them. He would fix food for me. Cheston is an amazing cook. Oh. Um, so he would make food and everything, and I'm like, this feels like that but at the same time we weren't playing in a living room we played in a venue that's maybe a little larger than skylark really and yeah i like, think so it's i mean yeah th this is a great right. thing yeah legit drum risers and everything and lights yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, no, curtains sometimes. That's the thing I kept messing with them on. I was like, "You get to have a drum riser tonight. <laughs> you get to be lording over everyone." We keep uh, fine tuning our sound. I'm getting better and better at that. Yeah, and, no, everything uh, sounded great. I, mm -hmm. I didn't have any issues with the monitor. Granted, the last two, three shows <laughs> I've played with the fill-ins and home for the day, I have had a drum monitor that just didn't work so. <laughs> or Tommy's with no monitors yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I haven't been able to hear shit and last night was it was good to be able to and I feel like that was part of the reason we sounded so good it's like we could hear everything we were together well and I think this is enough kind of proof back and forth from you now especially with someone brand new coming here and then yeah. what we experienced uh, last month at uh, Hard Rock it seems right. like you kind of have a good thing going here when it comes with sound uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. getting confident from the drummer and, it, and it's a, exactly if a drummer compliments you yes. on the sound that means you're doing a good job because you can never satisfy a drummer when it comes to sound all I hear is from drummers is bitching when it comes to sound guys <laughs> that's half not the time. a negative we get it it's the loudest fucking instrument you know and it's like it's blaring right next to your head so it's like I get it but at the same time not so much you Christian it's like DJ it. bitches all the damn time about oh, sound oh yeah every, every drummer I've played with and the other thing too is I think Christian really likes this place because there are four cats. Yeah. One of them I have not seen. <laughs> and I'm highly upset about it. Josie just entered the room and she's <laughs> precious. 
Tyson is somewhere. Tyson, Tyson and Max. Tyson and- just jumps on my chest in the, mor- in the mornings now and just like uh, lawnmower. Gives you the biscuits. Uh, biscuits. Yeah, making biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> and just purrs really loud. <laughs> Tyson makes me think of my, my first cat, except Orange, and he purrs so loud. Uh, it's like I just pet him and it went, <laughs> getting a lawnmower started. Well, at least if anything, even if you, even if the sound was shit and you thought this was a stupid venue, you at least had cats. I had cats. <laughs> That's really all I ask. And you got fed. And you got fed. And I got drunk. <laughs> That's what happens when you come to the room. You get to play with cats. You get fed, and you drink. <laughs> A lot. And blow stuff up. And blow stuff yeah. up. <laughs> that, that was cool shit. <laughs> See if there's a big old swart, uh, scorch uh, circle in the yard. Yeah, there there is. Is. <laughs> We need to uh, add an Andy soundbite into that explosion. Bitch! Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just take the the, uh, the audio oh, from like the the explosion and just add it in here. Yes. <laughs> well, that was you that hollered. You, oh, I, in my I video, was like, damn. Yeah, that's what I've got to damn. <laughs> well, we'll use that for the transition music because I know the Smiths have some stuff they've got to get taken care of. We've got a five-hour drive ahead of us. We still got to load the trailer. We still got to yeah. load the trailer and My get the trailer loaded. returned. I gotta, I gotta buy some shit from Vast Eddie too. I hope they're awake. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I want to grab some of their merch. I'm not sure any of them are stirring yet. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they stayed up all night in Chicago before us. Mm-hmm. Drove from Chicago to here. Got here uh, like took nine a hours. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they stayed up all night getting tattooed. Um, I think the guy stayed open. To like 6 a.m. So him. rock and roll, so, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I'm I hear sure him snoring that. right yeah. now. <laughs> I don't know if the mics pick that. Up. <laughs> well, we'll use that for the transition music between all the different segments. Uh, the little random explosion noise. Brad, thank you so much again for having us. You're Hopefully, very we'll welcome. be coming back again soon. I'm sure we will. Yes, Christian. I'm don't. going to uh, reach out to you at some point about getting my other band up here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love okay. to bring Home for the Day up here. Yeah, I think Home for the Day would fit. I, I think there's definitely some bands you could pair with them. And yeah, pretty yeah. Well. yeah. And of course, you know, if Home for the Day comes up, I'll wind up riding up with something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to get here. <laughs> or we'll just make them pull double duty again. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine pulling the w- double duty here. I mean... You'd be so drunk. I'm scared. Yeah, I, I, I'd be shit faced. <laughs> Whichever band plays first is going to get the better half. <laughs> well, Cap, do you have a mini outro for us? Uh, shit. See ya. <laughs> Damn. Transition back in. Yeah, basically. All right, like, hey guys. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> That stupid ass trope <laughs> that everybody does. I was gonna say, I remember back to like uh, the early Fifth Main Radio days where we were doing some of the commentary thing, and just to fuck with you, I did that, and you were so annoyed. You're like, "No, why did you? <laughs> we're do not that doing one? that." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "I was just being funny." You're like, "I don't care. <laughs> we don't do that shit here." <laughs> we would do that during the college radio days too. We'd come back on uh, after playing a song, and some, somebody would go, "And hey, we're back." Would be like, "Oh, god damn it." <laughs> Well, we are back, uh, but a little bit later than originally intended. Uh, we 
rolled in a lot later than I thought we were going to. You need a day to recover when you play a show at the Rim. I'm sure uh, the Fast Eddie guys uh, did too. (laughs) They didn't go play a show. Well, not only that, um, I was looking through their Instagram the other day, and they played with, at the time we were recording this, they played with Wildlife, what, two nights ago? Yeah, something like that. And... They had just a photo up on their Instagram, and it's like they look tired. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm hoping they're pacing themselves well enough. <laughs> no, nah, man, that's, dude. That's anytime I go to one of those shows where like bands of that ilk are playing, like everybody is so happy to see each other, and they just get bombed <laughs> after the shows. Like when I went to down south, uh, Summer Stunner last summer, it was just a big drunken like you know hug fest. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the showdown, even that we played. I mean it was it still turned into that same kind of thing <laughs> and of course everybody's like posting every the next day everybody's just like i feel like shit but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so the ride back actually wound up being pretty funny i wish we had actually it was one of the few times where if i had actually had batteries for the recorder i may have actually tried making it work oh god because we got some fucking <laughs> shit happened on the way back <laughs> Let's just say mashed potatoes. <laughs> Dude. All right. So, uh, Christian, uh, drummer that's playing with us right now. Uh, he's and forever, forever not just right now, <laughs> forever. It's, it's, it's on record now. So there and you go. Christian. A long time. <laughs> this is as good a contract as any. No, he was a great hang. And, uh, we were uh, passing by like every Shoney's and every Bob Evans. And he just had that look of, of well, because the ride up he for some reason that baffled him that he saw like Shoney's and Bob Evans because it's West Virginia yeah so and we don't have those in North Carolina so on the ride up he was like oh my god is that a motherfucking Bob Evans holy shit he's like losing his yep. mind like just like totally stoked for this and he's like I, we we gotta get their fucking mashed potatoes they got the bomb ass mashed no, potatoes no he said like fucking mashed potatoes <laughs> Well, that came later on because it's like he kept going with it because he was like, can we seriously stop and get some? We're like, maybe on the way back. (laughs) But sure enough, on the way back, he brought it back up again. He's like, we're stopping it, motherfucking. Every time we would pass one, he would bring it up. (laughs) Uh And and it finally got to that point where Mikey was like, where's the closest Bob Evans? (laughs) Oh, I know it. I'm I'm amazed he did it. (laughs) So... And I wish Christian was here. I wish we had actually rolled in at an early enough time and everything to actually get his point of view I on know this. It. I want his Cause take. Because it, it was beautiful. But what wound up happening is so we pull in, and we're waiting on his ass, and it is taking forever for him to get back out. Mikey had that look of... I can't believe I fucking did that look on his face. <laughs> this is the last fucking time I try to do something nice for someone. So we're all in the car just kind of talking shit and uh, going like, you know, oh, if he didn't, you know, get enough for all of us, you know, we we're going to have to be like, you know, better go back in and get some. Yeah. Was, then it turned out, how do we fuck with him a little bit? Yeah. So we decided to fuck with him. It didn't work well enough, but he gets in. And we were like, dude, what the fuck took so long? He's like, talk about the worst service. And he was like, I had to stand there forever and wait on him. And finally the guy came over and like (laughs) the girl came over and she's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, I just want a carry out order. And she was like, uh, and Ask the know, manager or something like that. Yeah, because she did not do a fucking carryout order. So the manager comes over and he said, like, after like a good five, ten minutes of waiting at this point, and he goes, Well, what is it you want? I can ring you up. And he goes, I just want mashed potatoes. And he looked at the hostess and went, like, 
you serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just want mashed potatoes. So he finally gets them and he goes, do you want anything else? He goes, I want five spoons. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> because it's the four of us and uh, we actually stole something back from the rim. Raina came back down for the week with us. And um, so he's like, yeah, we need five spoons. <laughs> And apparently he just gives him this look that's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, because he's like, wouldn't shut up about the mashed potatoes specifically. The rest of the menu could go fuck itself. But Yeah, in the car ride, all we heard about were those goddamn mashed potatoes, so he wanted us all to try them. Yes, to his credit, he wanted us all to try it. Yes, it was primarily for him, but it's like, we were all going to get a bite. So... <laughs> he He gets it in, so he explains all that, and we're like, well, this better be fucking worth it. And literally no one in the car except for Raina, I think, and Christian were the only ones that actually liked it. No, I, <laughs> no, I liked it, but he was t- going on about it like they were like the best mashed potatoes ever. Exactly, because I was I was going under the argument, which it was a little exaggerated, but everyone was being very exaggerated in the moment. Right. <laughs> I was just going, you know, all fucking mashed potatoes are the same, and but there is, but I still have a little bit of that belief simply because. All those fucking mashed potatoes are, unless it's actually like a home cooked style one, it's those potato flakes mixed with water or milk. Right. And, and then they season it taste. their own way. Exactly. You know, so it's like the base of it is all going to be the same. It's what you do with it is what makes it taste better. So I was expecting some garlicky, herby, salty, oh, no, buttery some fucking like, potatoes. Some, some that would cost like $10 or some dumb yeah. shit like that. <laughs> it's fucking must. They weren't bad. They were I, just bland. There was like really buttery and uh, kind of like a hint of peppery to it. <laughs> so fuck you, Bob Evans. Yeah, really. <laughs> Bob Evans is not the king. Here goes our Bob Evans sponsorship. Oh, no. <laughs> and Christian's going to have to call the voicemail number and be like, fuck you. <laughs> so, like, this is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bob. You can <laughs> I heard your, stupid, heard your stu- uh, stupid podcast. Well, you know what? Fuck hate energy. <laughs> It's been out of stock for months anyway. <laughs> Devil's backbone, on the other hand. Seriously, all right. First, we were shitting on the sparkling ale, and now that's like all you've been drinking. Yeah, because I get it for free. <laughs> They're not even sponsored. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Can't even get sponsors, but we'll get free beer. <laughs> but They're like, don't say our name. <laughs> <laughs> You can have as much as you want, just don't fucking say our name. And you know what? It doesn't give me, like, hangovers or anything like that, either. Granted, I don't drink, like, eight a night or anything silly like that. Well, it's also 4% alcohol level. I mean, what can you really expect here? Yeah. Tastes all right. (laughs) Crafted... I I still love that, though. Crafted to remove gluten. (laughs) I was listening to, like, NPR the other day. just came on a car radio, and it says... And they were talking about a recipe that requires just a little gluten you put <laughs> you have this much gluten in the bread and then you lift the bread and then the gluten that comes free of it this is exactly the pace of the well, fucking that's broadcast also npr the entire fucking time i was like i want to fucking jump out of this car <laughs> right now and see it and that's the other thing too was like you know especially with us doing podcasts and everything it seems like that'd be something we'd be maybe a little bit more interested in but it's like the monotone voice is still something I just cannot fucking get behind. I don't know why they think that's good radio. I, 
Well, it's because there's still the demographic that definitely enjoys that. Like, my grandfather fucking loved NPR. And it was for that same reason. But, but he was, you know, he had a, a well-paying job and a nice car and all that other shit. So it's like you know, that, that tied in with his, you know... F- high feeling of superiority and everything else. And part of that, I guess, was just like, that's all they had uh, at a certain point in time, too. Yeah. No, I remember uh, I took a trip to D.C. and uh, the family we were staying with, <clears throat> the uh, the uncle, all he fucking listened to was NPR in the car ride. So it's like we were riding around in D.C. listening to NPR. <laughs> where I grew up, it was... Around Thanksgiving. Where I grew up, it was uh, Robert D. Rayford and... Uh, on, on the John Boy and Billy show every fucking morning. Uh, Mom always listened to, um, I keep wanting to say Dharma and Greg, but I know that's a fucking TV show. <laughs> uh, Dharma and Greg, I know what that, I kind of, I forget what that is. Was what, that what, what's the radio person? Yeah, that was a sitcom. Uh, but what are the radio personalities? It was, a, it's the male and female duo. Uh, uh, like were they nationally syndicated or was it local for the Carolinas? I think they were Carolinas, but at least syndicated in the like East. Okay, the ones Bob and Sherry. Bob, okay, I've heard of Bob, Bob and Sherry, but we never, yeah. uh, we never got radio stations that carried that. We got had, it. we had Rick and Bubba. <laughs> we didn't have Rick and Bubba, <laughs> and they had their own stupid fucking theme song too. And it went like this: it went like Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. I swear to God, look it up. <laughs> I thought I swear to God was about to be part of it. <laughs> Just like the beat you were rolling in with. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was like the same as John Boy and Billy and shit like that. Yeah. No, I, I remember uh, mom always listening to uh, Bob and Cherry in the morning, but but that was really about it. What, I, outside of that, I really don't have many radio memories. What would Bob and Cherry do? Just regular morning talk radio stuff just, like sketches and uh, uh not that many sketches honestly a lot of just conversational oh okay so like basically just like this honestly yeah like if we had a morning show and we kind of fell into a groove of just talking about every fucking aspect of our lives there was a uh, Mem- just to fill air <laughs> there was a memphis uh uh pair that had that same format when i was growing up too it come on after school and they would get dirty too. They would just like get, they would just put their two cents and not be PC about anything, and uh, still uh, avoid all the uh, FCC uh, <laughs> hard <laughs> rules or whatever. Damn, it's cool. They're called Drake and Zeke. Now, how much? Because uh, I know you were in uh, college radio. How much did y'all wind up crossing over with any of the um, national syndication like stations in your town? Uh, I mean, we were really far left of the dial, and. It, it, the only people that were listening uh, at any point of the day was like during the afternoons or like uh, anybody that was, li- that was, uh, Oh, so y'all had an afternoon slot. Uh, oh, you're talking about like my show specifically. Yeah. Oh no. We had like maybe like two or three listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this was 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, I thought you had like, I thought you were saying like an afternoon thing. Oh no, no. Well, I did a few interviews like here and there, uh, with the touring bands whenever they needed uh, somebody just at the last minute or whatever. Yeah. And I would just hang around the, in the afternoons, but I wouldn't be on air in the afternoons. Got it. There was a lot of setup going on then, but no, nah, whenever uh, me and uh, John who uh, went to the kiss show with me, uh, were on air it would be like just 10 to midnight. We would have like one caller. It's just <laughs> old drunk dude. 
and ask for like Pack Travers and fucking uh, Frank uh, uh, Marino Mahogany Rush and shit like that. <laughs> so it's like you'd call and be like, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And we, but we would get to play whatever the hell we wanted. Yeah, because that's what you're saying. Kind of turned you on to a lot of the different, or at least uh, opened you up to a lot of the uh, stuff like Super Suckers and Reverend Horton stuff like that. Yeah, definitely during uh, ooh the Friday night show would do a lot of that. Uh, they had our show was like. 70s through 90s uh just like deep cut classic rock and we didn't really get into super suckers when we played all that uh played all that um on the regular i found out about them through funhouse oh okay that was a friday night show and yet they named it after the stooges track yeah 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 no i thought um because i remember at one point we were talking about uh the funhouse um show on uh that uh, on y'all station yeah um, and uh i thought that was a uh, part of the stuff that you were doing also because you were saying that like there was a lot of stuff that you got turned on to from that and i would come in and uh you know guest host slash just hang out on a friday night and drink beer in the studio with them and uh yeah they, they would cross all they would cross uh they would go as far back as uh elvis up until whatever was coming out that was new and they would talk to people like uh chris stapleton Really? Before he became, you know, superstar country singer Chris Stapleton. <laughs> he played in a group called Johnson Brothers. I think I've talked about them on the podcast before. But, uh, no, he would come in and uh, do interviews uh, with the guys. And uh, they've had Meat Puppets and Les Claypool from Primus and stuff like that, too. Damn. Now, that's really cool, though. Especially because it's like, I know there was some college stations here in town. Hell, there probably still is. But it's like, I never really really found them and I, and I just really don't know the kind of content they were releasing it's, yeah I think just because uh, in UNCC there's since it's a, such a small college mm-hmm. and with the University of Tennessee it's a very big fucking campus and there's a lot of arts programs and yeah. uh, there's an audience traditional Americana audience up there which the college radio station pushed harder than anything in that time for time period and you can clearly see how charlotte treats our art <laughs> i don't get it i really don't it blew my mind when i first moved over here and uh noticed that yeah but regardless there was a you were actually saying what you'd uh, probably want to do a full show on this which i do agree oh yeah um, we can talk about it like right now too yeah but let's go through a little bit of this the rock and roll hall of fame induction literally came out today because again we're this is gonna be a fast edit <laughs> um <laughs> No, I actually got a head start on the uh, the earlier part on this. But anyway, uh, Hall of Fame nominees for 2020, uh, Pat Benatar, Dave Matthews Band, the Doobie yes. Brothers, Motorhead, Notorious B.I.G., Soundgarden, T-Rex, Thin Lizzy, Whitney Houston, Depeche Mode, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, Nine Inch Nails, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, and Todd Rundgren. Rufus and Shaka Khan are on the ballot every <laughs> fucking year. I want them over Motorhead at this point. <laughs> you know? So, and, and it's funny you brought up Motorhead. Do you agree? So, I did you see a little bit of the yeah. backlash on that? Uh, yeah, and so, I totally so give, get it. So, give a little bit of background on that. Uh, Motorhead is on the ballot for induction this year. And they're including Lemmy, obviously, mm-hmm. Lemmy, Fast Eddie Clark, yep. and Filthy Animal Taylor. Right. The original However, lineup. The, yeah, this is the, well, the classic lineup. I, they weren't even like the the OG OG members. But Ace they of never Spades recorded. record. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, Ace even, of Spades record. For those yeah, not as big a fan as me. Yeah. I was going to say, I know they had like 
what two records before that yeah one or two yeah so it's like yeah but that was the one that basically all the all the, the classic songs are played by these three same uh, comparison a lot of people think the offspring's first album is smash there are two records before it right so it's it's same kind of thing but yeah anyway go on but classic yeah. lineup but Anybody that's kept up with Motorhead in the last, what, 30 years has noticed that Fast Eddie Clark and Phil Taylor have not been in the band since the last 25 years. It had been uh, Phil Campbell and Mickey D, and they're not included, which people are upset about, and I totally get it, but this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame's going to Hall of Fame. They don't do their... (laughs) I don't think they dug that deep into Motorhead's history or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's about like what happened with Kiss. I was, I was actually about to bring that one up. Now, with Kiss, same scenario. Um, Gene and Paul raised a fuss because they didn't want to induct um, all members. Right. And they weren't even trying just to get Tommy and Eric in. They were just like, we want all members. We want Eric Carr. We want Bruce Kulick. We want all members of Kiss inducted. If Kiss is being inducted, we want all members inducted. And they just weren't having it. They're like, no, it's just going to be the original four, the original four in the makeup. And they eventually settled on it because, you know, why? So, but have there <laughs> it's been... It's the only way they're getting in. It's bullshit. Well, have there been any exceptions ever made in that regard? Uh, it may, the only th- well, first thing that comes to my mind is when uh, the Hall of Fame kind of picks and chooses entire uh, career lineups. Because mm-hmm. when they inducted the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they included everybody like they were okay. all in attendance okay except for except for dave navarro but that was a whole that that's a whole other thing i guess i forget he was even part of all that and then uh, when they inducted uh grateful dead they included all the members okay so i think it's more politics than anything yeah because i was good i was wondering on that because again all rules would be created by them anyway so all of them would be arbitrary regardless of the scenario right but if there was a rule that, you know, maybe the lineup that reached the most success. That's the lineup of the al- the one album I like. Exactly, you know. <laughs> so so in like Motorhead's case, that whatever the lineup for Ace of Spades was, you know, that the, would be the lineup that would, you know, go in. And then that could lead to the argument of why the Grammys or any award show for art matter anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. But that's but, the only reason. I, that's the only, really, the only thing I take away from the Motorhead uh, announcement with it, you know. Yeah. And otherwise, I hope they get in. I they, if anybody deserves to be in the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's Lemmy. Obviously, yeah. He oh, needs absolutely. his own fucking room along with a few other people that aren't inducted either. But that's a whole other podcast too. <laughs> but then the flip side to all of that also is. It really doesn't matter in the end because we're, because the Rock Hall of Fame has also proven themselves time and time again that you know they but, don't know what the hell they're doing. But every year when the announcement comes out, people get all fired up about it. Mm-hmm. No, and I just kind of like looking at it simply to see the list. And I actually wanted to bring yeah. it up this time because it feels like this is the first time in a long time that I'm looking at it and I actually recognize a lot of the names and a lot of folks that. You know, that have been on people's lists of that need to be in the fame Hall of Fame for a long time anyway, yeah. whether it's Thin Lizzy, Judas Priest, Motorhead now. And, of course, you got to spread out the uh, de- the genres a little bit to get people in seats and that, everything, that's too. Still, that still bugs me, though. It's like... Again, that's politics. It, it, because it's like, in no way 
am I saying that Notorious B.I.G. doesn't deserve recognition? Because, again, even though that's not my style of music, I understand what the man did for hip-hop. You know, he was a hard-hitting player. So it's like he deserves, if if he's reached the point to where he can receive some sort of Hall of Fame recognition, he definitely deserves it. But I feel that, again... I repeated this last year, but it still works now. We did talk about last year's nominations, didn't we? We did, but but we didn't. We were looking at it more as a what the fuck as an overall. This is more of just a. It's it's interesting this year instead of a what the fuck. But yeah, so it's like again with that, I feel it's just disrespectful for them to lump rap in with rock and not disrespectful to rock but disrespectful to rap i just don't yeah i don't understand why hip-hop doesn't have a hall of fame yet exactly that that's my point they deserve one it's like even though that's not my shit it's like i can still look at that and go where the fuck is the recognition for jay-z and dr drake had fun one by themselves I don't know why they haven't. <laughs> Seriously, having a New- and they could probably run it better than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Seriously, having in New York, the fucking mecca, and yeah, make it'd be a lot more fun than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame audience <laughs> yep. is nowadays. <laughs> yep, you watch those on TV that looks like the most boring thing ever. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, and again, I actually like Depeche Mode, but it's like Depeche Mode does not belong in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why is that? They're 80s new wave, in my opinion. Well, didn't they kind of like, uh, as far as like adapting it to a rock and roll sound, people have uh, adapted the Depeche Mode uh, tones and production into their rock bands. Right, but that would be, it kind of still falls into that thing of, well, people wrapped, uh, well, wrapped in rap with their rock music also. So are we wanting to pull from the original sources of a rock inspiration? Because let's say Rage Against the Machine gets in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Where's that line between the rap and the rock? Because there's plenty of rock, but there's definitely there's, rap. There's a lot of there's a lot of lines from the 80s you could cross with that argument too, like Run DMC or Public Enemy and things like that too. But to me, I feel that's still a little bit more pure. I would say a little bit more of a uh, blend on that would maybe be Beastie Boys. Yeah, and they're in the they're but in the I would Hall even fame, say I something think. like yeah they are. But I would say something like Run DMC. I would say. I would I would give him the full respect of hip hop pioneer, but they took a lot of like heavy rock guitar sounds on those first couple of records and everything too, like King of Rock. There's a lot oh, of yeah. like attitude I mean, behind that. Oh yeah, I mean the the legendary story of you know the kids buying uh, Queens We Will Rock You just so they can have the uh, stomp claps at the beginning, right, you know, the breakdowns that they everything. would dance to and shit like that. Yeah, so it's like you know even going back to that, you know, rock and roll has always played a big part in the formation of hip-hop absolutely but when you listen to big or whomever it feels like when you pair that next to t-rex thin lizzy mc5 oh there's definitely a huge fucking contrast obviously and that's why i say i feel like that deserves its its own respect but going back to depeche mode i i don't know i just almost don't feel like they deserve any sort of recognition to that like, where do you extreme. put them in that box huh? I, it's like, I'm not I'm, even a, it's and like, you're a fan too right I am a fan but it's like I, I feel like there's other bands that were bigger that it feels like they would pull from first I'm not Depeche even, Mode almost just feels like a deep cut yeah I'm not even a fan really I know like a bunch of their songs and I don't dislike them or anything I just haven't gone down the rabbit hole but I see it in like 
Maryland. I mean, I see it in like the Marilyn Mansons of the world. I see it in the Nine Inch Nails of the world. I see it in a lot of industrial music. Yeah, yeah. So that could probably also be where they're pulling the all that from. So I, so I guess Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is now pulling from the things that inspired '90s bands. I mean, <laughs> and present day, all those like electronic beats and stuff. Eagles death metal do that shit. Oh yeah, Queens of Stone Age does that shit. A lot of uh, I think biters try to pull pick and choose what to do with the dance beats. A oh, lot definitely. of that is and a lot of that is '70s too, like Roxy music and all that shit. Absolutely. So, I don't, but if but again, it has to do with how you implement it. Right. You know, so it's like it feels like with Depeche Mode, they were implementing it a lot more in an electronic way. Right. And where Run DMC was implementing the rock stuff in a lot more of a snappy beat, you know, with a little bit more of a rhythm to it. So it all has to do with the execution. You can take a Misfits song and put it on acoustic guitar and it's got a completely different feel to it. You throw it in Doyle's hands and give Glenn a microphone, it's going to sound a completely different way. Right. So I feel that the artists that are being inducted should represent the title of that building due to the way they present their art. So I look at Notorious B.I.G., I look at Depeche Mode, and I go, though inspirational, the way they project their art does not match the banner in which they're trying to fall under. I know it, and that's the thing about like when you say like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff like that, you want to make the argument that they're like rock and roll is not supposed to have rules or anything like that either. Right. But rock and roll is not supposed to have rules, but there's different genres for a reason. And that's why, and that's just, again, goes back to the argument of, uh, why have a hall of fame for, uh, for, uh, creativity or whatever, yeah. if it's all subjective anyway, but with the, and, and, and the whole hop- thing and the same thing, like with kiss, the whole thing would be solved. If they just took the fucking makeup back off again, I would go see them. One simple thing that they could do with this fucking Hall of Fame shit. Remove those first three words and just put the word music. I know it. I'm trying to think or like entertainment. <laughs> Craftwork was on there too, right? Uh, I believe so. Double check again. And yeah, Craftwork's one of those like electron like very important and to Shaka the Khan. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan's very important to rock and roll, man. <laughs> but Craftwork was uh um, I mean, I think they were like the first electronic band in the seventies that, and, uh, they were sampled by hip hop guys in the seventies and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. So definitely very important for music history. Do you think nine inch nails belongs in yet for rock? Uh, I mean, for rock and roll hall of fame. Sure. Why not? He's going to get in. Yeah. Before thin Lizzie, before T-Rex, well, because, MC5. because nine inch nails had the hits and they're trends, they're still trendy and they're still, you know, in the cultural landscape you know 20 years later about a dave matthews band (sighs) you you've done a good job defending everyone that's why i'm just throwing you all the curveballs defend that one man i don't know (laughs) again if he gets in it's only going to be because he's like super he's super there's a lot of super famous bands that aren't in the hall of fame either (laughs) Nah, fuck that Because I noticed the pattern there for a minute. It's like you, you were finding really good, like, you know, reasonings for everything. I, was I found like, it, everybody got an alibi except Dave Matthews. Well, yeah, so I'm just like, all right, cool. So let me just go through all the weird ones. Let me see the uh, reasonings here. Uh, yeah. Because Doobie Brothers and eh, whatever. You know, Pat Benatar. Sure, sure. Like Doobie Brothers, sure. that's one of those where I thought, they're not? What the fuck? Put yeah. them in. <laughs> China Grove, goddammit. Yeah. Whitney Houston. I mean, sure, why not? She had rock and roll attitude. 
I mean, at the, my mindset now is like, she's going to get in. Yeah, it's like... That's not one of those... Like, fuck it's it. one of those where I'm just like, I'm not going to argue with it. She's getting in. Fuck <laughs> it. Again, this is just popular music hall of fame at this point. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think if they just kind of went about it with that mind frame... I know it. All it my articles, all my arguments are way too cynical. <laughs> oh, no. There, there's just something in my mind weird about a late 90s early 2000s band getting in before if if we're taking hall of fame seriously and with the thin lizzie thing or, it, or actually better yet because a lot of people go oh there's no need to take them seriously this that, and the other if we took them as seriously as they want us to take them and because they want us to take this seriously and that's why they do like the fan vote or whatever it is exactly so it's like they want us to genuinely care about this so if i'm to play their hand and do that i'm gonna go why are i would say three of probably the most underrated yet inspirational bands t-rex uh mc5 and uh, thin lizzy Thin Lizzy may not be that underrated, but most people just know him for Ballroom Blitz and Fox on the Run when there's just so much more. But still. I mean, sweet. <laughs> hey, yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Wrong you know 70s I mean. bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but yeah, even They're with... They're not th- in either. But yeah, even with Thin Lizzy, I mean, Jailbreak, you know, Jail- and... Um, yeah, they've only had a couple of hits, but I think it's only been within like the past like 10, 15 years where like the diehard fans have been more vocal and it's kind of shown yeah. within like popular rock music today. I wonder if Black Star writers have had anything to do with that, too. Yeah, I wonder if they haven't. I think Thin Lizzy is one of those that was genuinely a, a fan-submitted request that people kind of, that the committee looks into, and they pick and choose from then on. Yeah. Like you could, I feel like you can tell when uh, what, what the uh, legit fan submissions were as opposed to what the committee had at the top of their list going into it. Did Thin Lizzy ever do anything controversial? I mean, other than the sex, drugs, and rock and roll shit, no, not that I can think of. No outlandish stories. And I don't think so with T-Rex either. And T-Rex had like one of the biggest, two of the biggest bona fide hits of the 70s. Absolutely. Like, like solid- T-Rex is name dropped in so many rock songs from the 70s too. Like, there are plenty of, you know, 60s, 70s bands I like, but it's like, when you hear a T-Rex song, that... It's like you literally feel the air. He is a glam rock icon, too. And then MC5, I don't think they really had anything going for them aside from just outlandish, you know, stage shit from time to time. I think the the proto-punk thing is always, like, criminally overlooked within the organization, too. Yeah. Like, it took them forever to get the Stooges in. Because just the way I'm looking at it, though, is like, so it seems like they like to shy away from things that, you know, were a little more counterculture or a little bit more offbeat, like Kiss. You know, the critics never liked them, so they're not going to be in. Critics liked Thin Lizzy. Critics liked MC5, to the best of my knowledge, along with T-Rex. So it's like it feels like if they fell under that political umbrella of, you know, safe bands and fucking bang a gong. How many fucking commercials have that song in it? Exactly. <laughs> so people like people know, like I said, bona fide fucking hits. Yeah. So it's like with, with that many people and, and that how popular that song is, it feels like that's just an odd choice I- with their own reasoning. And you would think they would do their research on, on, like, at least David Bowie and find the connection, Lou Reed and find the connection. That's all you need. 
Both of those are in, aren't they? Bowie and Lou. Oh yeah, it took. I think it took a while to get Lou in. I think uh, Velvet Underground was in long before Lou Reed was. I mean, I can kind of understand that. One. I think Bowie was his first year ballot choice, probably. Clearly. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely, like I said, a more interesting list. So last year, it felt like it was a little bit more confusing. If, if all of those get in, I'll, I'll watch the televised version. If like, yeah. if like Priest, then Lizzie, Motorhead, MC5 get in, I'm watching that. Yeah. See, I I wonder with, like, with Thin Lizzie, how, how many people, like, who all would show up to get that Yeah, award? because uh, Lennon's the only one that's uh, dead from the classic lineup. Yeah. Man. And how much of the classic lineup is in Black Star? It's just Scott Gorham. Brian yeah. Downey doesn't tour anymore. And uh, I don't know the story behind Robbo. I know he was like the token drunk of the group that would get in bar fights and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that would just be one of those where it's like, I wonder how many people would actually show up to, you know, claim that. <laughs> Have him, uh, Robbo, uh, get, get on with Motorhead. He played on an album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually. And all actually, there you go, back with Motorhead. Who would accept for that? Because all three of the originals are gone I, now. I, I know it. I thought about that too. It's like, well, you're inducting the the dead lineup. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, what so, are you going to make Mickey and Phil? Uh, yeah, induct? you're not going to induct them, but make them accept <laughs> like, hey, the award. Guys, <laughs> I'll fuck with that. Hey, hey, I toured with the guy for the last, what, 15, 17 years. We didn't get inducted, but we're accepting the fucking award. By the way, it co- it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to seat your family here. <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, actually, do they have to pay? Like, family? I like, think so. I think the, ba- I think the inductees have to, have pay, to pay, pay out of pocket for the tables. Yeah. Wow. At least get them a goddamn table. Seriously. <laughs> ridiculous. So, yeah, fuck the Hall of Fame anyway. <laughs> no, I just, I just thought that'd be a little bit interesting to go down. No, but with that uh, amount of uh, bands that I'm really into, I probably will follow it closely just because I out of genuine curiosity. Yeah, because, again, when I saw the post, I was like, um, here it is again. But, but when I saw MC5, T-Rex, like, for some reason, those were the two that caught my eye. Because those felt so offbeat from what they would like, from what I would have expected to see. Slash, oh, they're not in already. MC Five's been on the ballot like for years yeah. now. I just haven't paid that close attention to it, I guess. But so yeah, MC so just for some reason Shaka that really <laughs> and Rufus them first. God damn it! <laughs> Why are they even on it? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man! You got a defense for everything. <sighs> I mean, Shaka Khan's the best, though. <laughs> she just looks fun. I, I don't. I could, I have no good argument for that. <laughs> I don't know one Shaka Khan song, but she looks. But I, I see her on TV all the time, and she looks fun. Shaka mad. <laughs> she looks super fun. Shaka real mad. <laughs> Shaka real mad. <laughs> I hate that's gone on YouTube now. The uh, the Kevin Smith Prince story. Yeah, you can't find that on YouTube now. My brother actually went and saw a reboot. Uh, what he thought i'm about to call him and find out i think <laughs> no like i said i, I still want to catch the uh road show i told him about that too i want to see the kevin j appearance mm-hmm. be, they are making the rounds man like you just turn on youtube and it's like hi i'm kevin smith and i'm on this channel no you're doing it wrong it's like hey man kevin smith here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like he is on every fucking channel right now it's crazy oh we can't get on hot ones fuck it we'll make our own hot ones yeah except for hot ones but no it's like they're on fucking Pornhub, dude <laughs> they were on aew i watched like a fucking yep. aew doc and uh they're like hey man i'm kevin kirst jericho's in our fucking movie dude yeah 
So they are on that. They are on Good Morning America. Um, they did a thing on um, fuck IMDb again recently, like a live stream. It's like you, it's fucking everywhere. <laughs> fuck, uh, Jason Mewes did a uh, Wikipedia fact or fiction. I saw that too. <laughs> no, they are fucking everywhere right now. They they they're pushing hard for this movie. I so. can't wait to see it too. And they got their uh, hands in the um, at the Chinese theater. I saw that. <laughs> it's just weird like you never thought you'd see like kevin jay like be that famous like cheech and chong famous like that i know right and and it's really interesting because i actually watched the uh, live stream later and ben affleck and uh kev's daughter harley they both spoke before they came out and did everything and of course kevin had you know a tearjerker story because you know apparently there's like a lot of family history at the chinese theater and there was like right. photos with his dad and all this shit so he had like you know a tiny urn with ashes that he had with him so he placed that in the cement oh, with it and all this other shit i'm gonna kevin smith cry now <laughs> so just going through all that and that's basically what he was saying too. He's like, you know, it's very weird to see us be here. He goes, especially being introduced by Ben Affleck. Right? <laughs> he's no like, we were just, we just like, we were just some kids from Jersey. <laughs> I haven't listened to Kev talk in a minute. He's, I guess, he has been doing those, uh, making us rounds, doing the show, and everything like that too. Yeah. I know. I can't and wait to and see it's it. It's inspirational though, because you got to think about it. He's doing it DIY. Dude, his I, agent is reaching out to all these places because we saw that with the Hot Ones controversy. He's uh-huh. like, our agent was talking to you, so clearly that agent is just fucking like machine gunning fucking emails going to fucking every YouTube channel. I should show you the <laughs> AEW doc that's on YouTube mm-hmm. right now. It's kind of, they went through like similar channels where they just kind of like put it together themselves and drew enough hype anyway because of the good product. Yeah. And that and that's just kind of thing that now is like it's not just bands anymore. It's like everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing style. This, this, this is the new show business. Yeah, cut out the middleman. Uh huh. It works. We figured out the middleman was taking money. <laughs> yep. And I was like, oh, if we just study how to book shows, if we just study how to book interviews, we don't have to pay this guy to do it. And the AEW ones just. Seriously fascinating because it's a wrestling industry and yeah. there's so much red tape with that kind of shit. Yeah. So no, I'm, I think it's going to be a fun movie. And he's even talking about that Clerks 3 is finally going to be a thing. Yeah, really? Just out of nowhere. It's just like, hey, guess what? This is happening too. Well, because um, Jeff Andrews. Jeff. Yeah, he was the one that was holding it back. Was that his name? And I think it's Anderson. Jeff Anderson. Anderson? Yeah, Jeff Anderson yeah. from uh, yeah, Don, uh, Randall. Randall. Um, yeah, he didn't want to do the script that Kevin had initially. And Kevin started talking about that script, and apparently he was writing it before um, he had the heart attack. Okay. And before he had the heart attack, he was always calling himself Emo Kev sometimes because he, he was just down on everything. He just didn't give a fuck about anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, podcast episodes with those titles and yeah, shit. Yeah, so you know, he just didn't give a fuck anymore. So Clerks 3 kind of reflected that. The characters were at their end of their rope, and they were just kind of... Uh, basically... It wasn't going to be like a death movie, but just kind of like a... It wasn't going to be a fun movie. Exactly. It was going to be a mirror reflection, but it was going to be like, you know, he, he's worded it like uh, people would watch that movie and go, holy fuck, did he forget this was supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> I can see that. So apparently that was what it was. And 
uh, Anderson just wanted nothing to do with it. And he just kept saying no and just kind of severed ties. And then after the heart attack and everything else, he said just for fun, he kind of had in his head, he's like, oh, I've got a new idea for a movie. And recently got back in touch with Jeff because they were doing uh, some signing stuff for those clerks stuff that's on the website. Right. And did a quick little elevator pitch to him and he said yeah and now he's rolling with it that's cool and apparently this one is going to be uh randall has a heart attack and decides that instead of working at a video store his whole life he wants to make a movie before he dies or before he has like before something bad happens again oh it's beautiful so it's a meta of them making clerks Oh, and that's going to be like his uh, askew universe yeah. closure, probably, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he he said that every like he said that as long as people keep seeing him, he said he's going to keep making sequels to the past movies. He goes, but with each one, he's going to make it in which it could be the last. But there's enough wiggle room that there could be one more story. But if this was the last, you're going to be satisfied. It's crazy how much is perspective has changed because he basically the all the sequels he's talked about doing was uh clerks three mall rats two which that yeah. could possibly happen now right he said that's a little bit more shaky he said but, but he's he's, got like, basically he's got he time said time to plan that out he'll cross that bridge when he gets to it he, he said basically at this point he said reboot he said in so many words has opened a lot of doors that he thought were closed yeah, especially with like Affleck and all that too. Yeah. Like immediately. It did. I'm also thinking that Legion M company he's with is doing really well having Kevin J's name attached to them because they're almost kind of like a not as upfront crowdfunding company. You can purchase shares, quote unquote, in the production company, which is kind of like you giving them a lot of money to help fund things, and you know you get like insider information, the set and the other. It's a, it's a really, it's a really fancy Patreon GoFundMe yeah. kind of thing. It's really smart, but that's still what they're doing. Right. So I have a feeling that with the relevancy that Kevin has had, hopping on that private investors just going we want to see it and enough tiny bits of money getting thrown their way they might be saving up enough money and possibly projecting enough revenue coming in from this movie to be able to finally purchase everything from miramax all right let's hurry up and uh, become that famous <laughs> i wonder if that's because because i know that was one of the things that was keeping him from doing it. he said he couldn't purchase it so he was having to work with them with the rights to get permission right he doesn't have to worry about permission if they get a check yep so hopefully they're gonna wind up having enough revenue through all this so folks buy some tickets uh, <laughs> so that way he can actually purchase everything back and if that's so he has the rights to play with all the toys again. Hell, now I, now I'll feel real bad if I don't go see him in uh, February. <laughs> yeah, because that would be a little bit more of the direct one. Because the Fathom one is going to be a little bit of you know off the cup, you know, movie theater, you know, cuts and all that. But with the road show, that's essentially like us playing a show. And he knows his after audience after he covers the overhead. That's all of them. Oh yeah, he knows his audience too. Oh yeah, it's a good spot, emo Kev. That's fun. Oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound fun. I've been emo cat before. That's not fun. <laughs> I'm an emo stiff. We full, I'm in there. I, I get it. 
Well, I think this is a fun little cap off to this fun hey. little episode. Had enough time to bullshit, so if, might as well. We want to dig on into playlist for what we've been listening to, or do you think we talked with Brad enough about what we've been listening to? Oh man, we talked. I'm always down to talk about music. All right, well let's talk a little more music. Let's find out what we've been listening to in them five five playlists. What the fuck? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. Cap, what you been listening to? Man, I've been on a Bowie kick this uh, this week. Hey, I have too. Oh, no Because <laughs> I got a new tattoo. I, I seen it. But no, um... Uh, for some reason, when I get down Bowie rabbit holes, I I got to pick a specific era, yeah. and it's usually the Berlin trilogy or uh, the Hunky Dory through Aladdin. Actually, not even Aladdin Sane through Diamond Dogs. Yeah, but Aladdin Sane in particular, I think, is really underrated. There's okay. a lot of cool shit on this album, and there's a lot. There's a couple of clunkers on there. There's a few B minuses, but yeah, dude, watch that man. That uh, first track on the record is a fucking ripper. Aladdin saying the title track's got that really like fucked up piano solo mm -hmm. that is like there's a lot of like off key piano notes but they're on purpose. Huh. You can okay. It's like you could tell how deliberate it is and that's always fun. And the hits on it uh I think it's only like one or two hits on it. it was, uh Gene Genie and mm -hmm. uh Let's Spend the Night Together yeah. the Rolling Stones cover. But that's what I've been listening to just a lot of Bowie. Word. I want to do some covers by Bowie. Well, like I said, if, if Biggie hadn't uh, beat us to the punch on uh, Surfergate City, that would have been fun. Oh, I want to do, uh, what is it, uh, Hang On To Yourself off of Ziggy. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a fun one. I already know how to play it on bass. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Yeah, and you know where I was going with this one. Wildlife released a new EP, a single, whatever. It's it, two songs. Two it, songs, that'd be an EP, I guess. It's, it's pretty fucking sweet, Split. though. Yeah, uh, there's an original and a cover. Neon Nightmare is the original, and uh, the cover is uh, I'm Just Losing That Girl. I think it's like a band from France, if I remember yeah, the still, post, right? Yeah, I haven't uh, verified all that info. Still recovering from Fast Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on their Instagram. Uh, they made some big post about it. So look at their Instagram if yeah, you want to Yeah, follow them more. at Them Wildlife Boys. Them Wildlife Boys. Them yeah. goddamn Wildlife Boys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Neon Nightmare, so that's their new original one. That one's really good. I was digging on that a lot. That's like, uh, sounds like a classic wildlife song with like the little like sleek, you know, hooks yeah. and everything too, where it's like almost like borderline, it's like pop dance music, but still like, Tough as hell. Mm -hmm. And you said we had permission to use that at the end of the episode, didn't we? Yes, I did. All right. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and head on now. Do you have a final outro for us? Yeah. Don't watch El Camino. That movie sucked. <laughs>
You were seriously upset about that. It's like, guys, it's Breaking Bad again. But a story nobody asked for. Because Jesse Pinkman is Batman. This has been another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.